0: hey friends welcome back to amw this is actually the second time i'm recording this episode because when i did it sunday i was just really tired not feeling myself overall not that great just to be honest physically and mentally but that being said feeling a little bit better today i have some caffeine in me i've had some time to just i guess sit with my thoughts this morning and organize a little better the podcast just because i'm a little bit more focused just a gentle reminder, if you're not feeling your best, that is completely okay. We are in a wild time right now, maybe not necessarily for the better. But yeah, so I just wanted to quick throw that out there. Another announcement I want to make is that I want to touch on the posting schedule. So usually, I guess for all 11 episodes, it's been on Fridays, pretty much weekly, except for this past week. But in my own personal life, off the microphone, I guess you could say, I have been doing some job hunting, and I recently accepted a job as a youth development specialist. It's going to be a full-time job, so I'm not entirely sure how this is going to affect my podcasting schedule, because if you haven't made a podcast before, there's a lot of work that goes into it. Recording can take over an hour, sometimes a couple hours if you're with other people, and then there's editing, which can take a little while, a couple hours, maybe more, maybe less, just depends on the episode. And then for me personally, I do a new design for each episode. And so that can take some extra time in itself, maybe an hour, 30 minutes to a couple hours, just depending on what's going on. When I wasn't working, it was the podcast was a really good way to keep me busy throughout the week. But with this new job, I want to make sure that I'm able to have energy for my job, but also maintain good podcasts, and so I think it would be a good idea for me to possibly look at every other Sunday posting. Hopefully this new schedule works good for you all, but I just think it's going to be better in the long run and more sustainable for me. If you're curious about what my job is as a youth development specialist, a majority of the youth, high school aged, and their families that I'm going to be working with are recently arrived from Central America and I'm going to be helping connect the families to local resources, as well as providing sexual health education to the youth. As of now, I'm working virtually, which is convenient because the job is in another state. And so until the schools open up in the county I'm working in, I'm gonna be staying here at home with my mom in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, hopefully moving January, 2021, but that's really tentative. We're just kind of playing it by ear and seeing what happens. To be quite honest, I'm not that optimistic about opening in January 2021 as much as I would love to, but I guess we'll just have to hang tight and see. In other news, I wanna touch on this just a little bit so that it's out there, it's acknowledged. I don't wanna go on too long about it because I know that anything I say, it's not even gonna come close to the justice that this topic deserves, but I think it's at least important to talk about it and not just skim over it. These are two major headlines There are definitely others that I myself for sure don't know about. I try to do my best to educate myself, you know, through social media, through keeping up with the news. Sometimes it's a lot, but again, that's a privilege to be able to step away and ignore it for 20 minutes, an hour, a day. That's a privilege. Some people are dealing with shit 24-7. So Jacob Blake, he was shot seven times in the back in front of his children while he was breaking up a fight. Thankfully, he is alive most likely that was not the intention of the officer who shot him, but now he's left paralyzed. And so that's like, we're not done fighting for Black Lives Matter because you can't say all lives matter until you acknowledge how oppressed black lives are in this country and how they're not being treated as equals to white people. And it's just continuing this, like this cycle of anti-blackness and police brutality is just continuing and until we're somehow able to find a way for that to end all lives aren't mattering right now as much as you want to say all lives matter of course just because you're black doesn't mean you're any better or worse than somebody else well apparently that's not true when we're looking at police brutality records so That's my two cents on that. I listened to a video of his mother speak, and one line that she said was— I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember word for word what she said, but she was saying that essentially her message was that we are in the United States, and right now we are not acting united. If you can find it, I really urge you to listen to her and hear what she has to say. Because listening to the black voices who are being directly affected by the brutality and the prejudice and all the hate that's happening right now— That's more important than me trying to fluff something up and say some heartfelt thing about it, because whatever I'm going to say, it's not going to come close to the impact or the credibility. I'm not a black person in the United States. I can't speak for that community. But by listening to black voices and learning from them, that's how we can hopefully continue working towards uplifting them. Another person we recently lost had a major presence in the media, Chadwick Boseman, and he was the actor for Black Panther. I'm going to admit I haven't watched the movie, so that's now on my to-do list. But he, as a Black actor, made space in the media for Black children to see Black representation. And in the media especially, there is not nearly enough diversity. I think the first asian i saw in media was mulan and that's a fictional character and it's not until the last couple years when i started seeing more latinx representation and black representation and as much as we want to say that there is sufficient representation just because there's a couple shows or movies with a black lead actor hispanic actor asian just because there's one show doesn't mean that's sufficient representation because that's one person black child or an asian child or hispanic child has to look up to in the media whereas white children are able to look everywhere without having to search out who these actors and actresses are with chadwick boseman's presence in the media he has essentially helped pave a road for other poc artists and creators to express themselves and show their work and if you can, find ways to support these communities because work they produce is just coming from a different perspective and it's coming from a different mindset. So yeah, that's that's all I have to say on that. Like I said, I don't want to speak too much about it because I have a limited understanding on Black Panther and I simply just don't know what it's like to be Black in the United States, but I think we can all continue doing our parts to listen to Black voices and try and learn from them and learn what we need to do to help them get the respect that they deserve so today's topic is the asian model minority myth it is a myth that is the first thing we need to know about it secondly it essentially says that asians are an outstanding minority group who overall do better than other minority groups it places a high expectation on Asian Americans, but but it also perpetuates a broken system, basically saying that other minority groups just need to work harder and ignores the blatant racism towards them. For example, blacks, Hispanics, Native American, and other races. Some stereotypes that come with the Asian model minority myth are that Asians are smart, they're hardworking, they play musical instruments, they can speak two or more languages, they're always successful, good at everything they do. And although these stereotypes are good, and they're positive, well, I don't want to say po- they're good, but they're positive, they can also be really harmful to mental health. From my point of view, I have internalized these expectations put on me by society because of my skin. And I There are times where I felt like a failure because I didn't meet these expectations. I've been told that I was good at cello because I was Asian. I was good at doing nails because I was Asian or I was good at art because I'm Asian. Hardly anyone ever told me I was good at those things because of the time and effort that I put into them. I wasn't good at cello because it just came naturally to me. I was good because I would practice hours a day for over a decade. I wasn't At art school because I just flew by and was just naturally good but it was because I dedicated anywhere from 20 to 30 hours sometimes 40 if it was a final into my art projects it takes time and to have my hard work and talent and good final results be simplified into the single fact that I'm Asian and that's why I did well it's invalidating of the hard work that I and other Asians are putting into their work. Our success isn't because, and maybe some of us, some Asians do have natural talent in certain areas, and that happens across the board between other ethnicities. But a lot of the time with this Asian model minority myth, it's we do well because we're Asian. It's not due to the hard work that we put into it. And of course, there are also other layers, whether a family does or does not have the resources to provide opportunities for their children. That's definitely a factor in this. But overall, the Asian model minority myth is around the fact that because they're Asian, they're inherently better and have are likely to be more prosperous, I guess you could say. And so while contemplating doing this episode, because it was one that was requested by listeners, I admittedly felt like, and still kind of feel like I don't know all that much about the Asian model minority myth. But through searching other people's perspectives and stories they had around the Asian model minority myth and learning about these other experiences people were having and reflecting on my own experiences, I realized how much I have silently fought the Asian model minority myth and how much I'm just recently being able to put words through those experiences and really filter out who I am, and that I don't have to connect it back to this myth that society expects me to live up to. So in the midst of my little internet, I guess, escapade that I was going on to learn more about this Asian model minority myth, I came across a YouTube video by AJ+, they're not sponsored or anything, they don't even know about this podcast probably, but this YouTube video, it's called, Why Do We Call Asians the Model Minority? I can put the link in the description, but essentially, they cited this article, which I really recommend reading. I also am going to put a link to it in the description, and it's called Success Story Japanese-American Style by William Peterson, New York Times, and the AJ Plus video essentially states that this article kickstarted the Asian model minority. If you read through it, which I recommend you do, it is very problematic. On the very first page, it already has this passage referring to Japanese people. It says, quote, this is a minority that has risen above even prejudiced criticism. Japanese Americans are better than any other group in our society, including native-born whites, end quote. It's already idolizing Japanese people and then later spreading this Asian model minority myth over to other sectors of the Asian population. And it's saying that it's saying that Japanese people and Asian people are better than other ethnic groups, which is straight up not true. This Asian model minority myth is something that adoptees and native-born and immigrants and children of immigrants, it's something that those Asians carry with them and internalize. It's also developed to push down other ethnic minorities, and in doing so, it's, harming the Asians because it's putting on this unrealistic expectation. And I don't know if y'all have been starting to see this, but I'm starting to see articles and stuff about how race is a social construct, which it kind of is because when people evolved, they started in Africa where the sun is a lot stronger and then they migrated to Europe and Asia and over into the Americas and. Where the sun is less strong over time and evo- through evolution bodies regulate how much melanin they need to produce so people in africa naturally have darker skin due to the melanin in their bodies to protect them from the sun whereas people in maybe northern europe have paler skin because the sun is a lot less stronger climate is colder and their biology doesn't need that melanin to protect them from the sun so yes Your skin can play into what privileges you do or don't have, given the society you're in. But the color of somebody's skin does not determine their value as a person. So just because I'm Asian, and I have this Asian model minority myth helping back me up and maybe even push me forward in my professional career, does not mean my life's value... Is more than my black peers. Society is working on an anti-black system that pushes them down and prevents them from having the same opportunities. And if they do have the same opportunities, chances are really good they had to jump over hurdles that I didn't do, to my white parents and due to my last name and due to having resources that allowed me to get to where I am today. As adoptees, it's common for us, like I said, to have white parents and we benefit from that white privilege on paper and pretty much until somebody sees our face. And not until somebody sees us or until we mark on a paper that we are Asian, we don't have that Asian model minority slapped onto us. Having parents who are aware of their child's color is really important because had I been raised where... I knew about the Asian model minority myth, I think that I would have been more prepared to shut down people when they were spewing these expectations they had of me because of society's society's influence. And so I was starting to, if you listen to my other podcasts during identity crisis, I was starting to engage with the Asian American community more to maybe feel connected, find my place in it. And during that, I was also playing into this Asian model minority and trying to live up to it and I think it did a lot of harm I was stressed about doing well obeying my parents not causing conflict um, just following the directions following the herd doing well on everything except math and science, because if you listen to my episodes, you also know that I suck at math. I kind of gave up on my ability to do math well around fifth grade when I massively failed a test. I don't know. I guess my brain just isn't wired that way, so that's something I gave up on, but trying to live up to the other stereotypes did have an impact on my confidence level. Also, this is just a side note. If your child isn't doing well in a subject, it's not the end of the world. Their mental and emotional health is so much more important than if they get a 27 on a math test like I did in fifth grade because clearly I still carry that with me and there was like some level of trauma that happened but had my parents, had my teacher given me some crap about being Asian and I should be doing better math, stuff like that, that would have Destroyed me. I am positive. And had my parents also fed into that idea of I should be doing better, what's wrong with me, why aren't I getting better grades, I think my academic confidence would have been crushed. But because of mainly how my parents handled it, actually, I don't even remember how they handled it because I don't think it was like a point of crisis for them. Like it wasn't something that they were gonna be devastated over because A, it was fifth grade be they knew I was like terrible at math I already had like a tutor for a couple years and I had a math tutor through high school pretty much like through my SATs and like how you deal with that as a parent and how you do or don't play into these expectations you have of your child especially if your child is of color and if you don't address how to clap back at and shut down these stereotypes that society holds it's going to have a negative impact on your child for the worst because they're not going to realize that it's unfortunately normal to hear those stereotypes and they're not going to know how to not let them dictate how they do. Because I think if I had something to tell my younger self, it would be that these Asian stereotypes don't matter. You are going to grow up to be somebody who does their own thing no matter what other people say. very if you know me in person you know i'm kind of like i don't want to say thick-headed but i'm very set in my ways and if there's something i want to do i'm gonna do it i wish that i could tell my younger self i eventually began gaining confidence to speak up for myself and that yeah it might take 10 years but it's going to be worth it because especially in this last week i've had a major shift in my attitude and it's showing in my personal life and by being able to stick up for myself and know that I can do certain things because of my hard work and not because I'm Asian is something I take pride in. Because I know I didn't learn Spanish overnight. If you know me, that took like 10 years. And I know that I am not good at art just because it's natural to me. I worked really freaking hard at it. And if you can work with your child and help them understand that those stereotypes, unfortunately, they are put on by society, but that doesn't mean they have to follow them. And if you can help your child realize that and realize if they're old enough to understand that that, that the Asian model minority was used to oppress others and help them understand how detrimental it is, not only to them in their own and their self-esteem, but how detrimental it is to other ethnic minorities— If you're able to do that as a parent, that is fantastic. If you want to talk about how you can go about doing it, I am open to having that conversation with you and I don't have it all figured out, but maybe we can figure out something together because every child is different. They all have their own attitudes and what might work for one child could possibly not work for another. So if you want to have that conversation, please send me an email or a message On Instagram, i love to hear from you. With one of my earlier episodes, a parent had reached out to me and I feel like we had a really good conversation about how to work through something with her child and how she can support her child best. I essentially gave what I would have liked to be done and I let the parent mold that to their child because I don't know their child and I'm hoping that the parent knows their boundaries to figure out, based on my experience, what a good plan of action would be in their situation. So at the end of the day, the Asian model minority it's a myth for a reason. I tried in my middle school years, high school years, I tried to follow this myth and to play into it because that's what I thought I was supposed to do as an Asian American, but now as I'm in my I guess later into my young adulthood, I'm figuring out that that's not what I have to do. I can do what I want within reason, and that these stereotypes were put on by society and they're destructive to the mental health of Asian Americans as well as oppressive to other minority groups. It's studying that benchmark, like I said earlier, of expectations, and it's ignoring the fact that our system is racist. So if you want to continue this conversation, I would love, love to hear from you. Let me know how you've experienced the Asian model minority myth. How has it affected you? If you have questions about what to do in certain situations, I would love to hear from you and talk it through. Uh, My inbox is always open. Send me an email with any messages you have at adopteemeatsworld at gmail.com or you can leave a direct message from me on Instagram or comment at Adopting world underscore. I love hearing from you. I love the feedback. I love just the comments and any questions you may or may not have just knowing that there's other people out there who can relate to me and my experiences and so that we create this great community that is AMW. Next week, I'm not sure that I will be posting because my work starts September 8th, but we'll see follow me on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. You can check out my Instagram stories for updates on when things are going to get posted. And if you're listening on a platform where you can give this podcast a rating, please give it five stars, leave a comment. So I'll talk to you soon. Bye.